22 tonight. Find your place there. Find your place in Isaiah 30. Find your place in 1 Chronicles 22. Can you do that? <laughs> We're not going to be in all those tonight, but I do want to I do want to lay a little groundwork tonight. Proverbs 22 is where we'll be. We were here recently, just a few weeks ago, in verses 17 through 21. We spoke about being tethered to God's Word. Being tethered to God's Word. Proverbs 22, verses 17 through 21. Uh, we, we know verse number 6, train up a child, and that's the verse we're going to go to tonight. But verses 17 through 21 speak about the truth. But I also want you to turn to Isaiah 30 and then 1 Chronicles chapter number 22. It's a beautiful song tonight. Aren't you thankful that God has plans for us? Let me ask us tonight, do you think parents, adults, adults here at Maranatha Baptist Church, do you think that God has plans for our children? I know He does. We want the best for them, don't we? We should. Proverbs 22, 6, we know the verse. It says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. By the way, that's a promise. That's not a maybe, that's a promise. The Bible says very definitively, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. There's no ambiguity there, it's very clear. In 1 Chronicles chapter number 22, I want to read a few verses here if I could. Now, I don't have any doubt tonight that every adult here in this auditorium tonight possesses the same desires and the same dreams for every child and teenager in our church that David desired and dreamed for Solomon. And we're going to see those here in the First Chronicles chapter 22 and also chapter 29. But desires and dreams are just that. They're just desires and dreams. Unless we put the work in that is required to bring those to fruition. David did that in a physical way and also in a spiritual way. Look at 1 Chronicles 22 with me, if you would, verse number 11. He says, Now, my son, the Lord be with thee, and prosper thou, and build the house of the Lord thy God, as he hath said of thee. Now, right, right here, David is speaking of the temple that's going to be built. God did not allow David to do that. David had a desire to do that, but uh, instead of allowing him to build the temple, he gave him a covenant. Gave him a covenant instead. And so Solomon's going to be the one to build the temple, but the Bible says that David prepared with everything that was in him, he prepared for that temple. In verse number 12, he says, Only the Lord give thee wisdom and understanding. We all want our children to succeed. We want them to have a good job. We want them to be able to take care of themselves. We don't want to have to take care of them until they're 50 years old, do we? We want, we want them to succeed financially and have a good job and do all of that. And because of that, we, uh, we make sure that they get a good education. We make sure that uh, they're smart. We make sure that they know reading, writing, arithmetic, and all the other things that they have to learn. But the truth is tonight... We should desire for them to be more spiritually successful than financially successful. And so as much work as we put into them to be financially and physically successful, 
we will spend money for them to get a good education. We'll spend money to them to go, for them to go to a private school. And by the way, I'm, I'm for that. I'm not against that. But we will spend money. We'll spend money for homeschool curriculum. And I'm for that. But how much will we give and spend and sacrifice for their spiritual well-being? And David said in verse number 12, Only the Lord give thee wisdom and understanding and give thee charge concerning Israel that thou mayest keep the law of the Lord thy God. This was David's desire, his dreams for his son. He says, Then shalt thou prosper if thou takest heed. By the way, notice here, he doesn't say you're going to prosper if you build the temple. Now he's going to build the temple and David's for that and David has prepared, he's prepared the materials. He has, he has not only himself prepared, but his subjects and the people there in Israel, they have prepared. But in verse number 13, he doesn't say you're going to be prosperous if you build the temple. He says, then shalt thou prosper if thou takest heed to fulfill the statutes and judgments which the Lord charged Moses with concerning Israel, be strong and of good courage. What is courage? Faith in God's promises. That's what courage is. He says, be strong and of good courage. Dread not, nor be dismayed. Look a little bit further to chapter number 29, 1 Chronicles chapter number 29. Two verses here. Verses 2 and 3 of 1 Chronicles 29, he says, Now I have prepared with all my might for the house of my God the gold for the things to be made of gold. Again, here we are, we've already mentioned this. He has prepared for, for the building of the temple. The gold for things to be made of gold, and the silver of things of silver, and the brass for things of brass, the iron for things of iron, and wood for things of wood, onyx stones and stones to be set, glistering stones and of divers colors, and all manner of precious stones and marble stones in abundance. Moreover, because I have set my affection to the house of my God. I have of mine own proper good of gold and silver, which I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house. David prepared for his son to be able to build the temple. But more than that, he had prepared for a place, for, for, a, for a, a place of worship, if you will. For his son to be able to take heed of the statues. Now I want you to look in Isaiah. Isaiah chapter number 30. We're just laying, uh, just laying a little bit of a, a foundation. Isaiah chapter 30. And this is where we're going to take our title tonight. Isaiah chapter number 30. And I understand the context here tonight. But, but I want us to get the truth that we find in verse number 21. The Bible says in Isaiah 30, verse number 21, And thine eyes shall hear a word behind thee, saying, This is the way. Walk ye in it. You know, when I'm gone one day, you know what I want my kids to hear? This is the way. This is the way. Walk ye in it. 
I want my children to hear from the Word of God and to hear from, from the voice of their father and from the voice of their mother. I want them to hear, this is the way. Walk in it. Don't go to the right hand or the, to the left. He says there in the latter part of verse 21, when you turn to the right hand and when you turn to the left. No, no, no. When you get ready to turn to the right or when you get ready to turn to the left, when you get ready to detour off of the path that has been charted for you, I want you to hear, this is the way. This is the way walking in it. Now, Proverbs 22, and that's the title of our message, This is the Way Walking in It. By the way, we're, we're only going to look at one point tonight. Look at one point tonight. We'll look at the other two points. I don't know. Maybe next Sunday. We won't do it Wednesday night because many of you are working in Master Club. You won't be in here. But we're going to look at point number one tonight. I'll go ahead and give you all three points, but we're only going to develop one tonight. Proverbs 22 and verse number 6. By the way, drop down and let's read verses 17 through 21. We'll, we'll get to these again next week. We've already spent a good bit of time on them a few weeks ago. Speaking about being tethered to God's Word, verse number 17 of Proverbs 22, the Bible says, Bow down thine ear. This is all, by the way, this is all in context. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, when he is old, he will not depart from it. All in context. So, so how, what am I supposed to train him in? How am I supposed to train him? What are some of the things I'm, I'm supposed to train him with? Well, first and foremost, truth. And in verse number 17, he says, Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise. Who are the wise? Who are the wise? Those who hear instruction and receive it. They hear it and do it. They hear it and apply it. They hear it and submit themselves to it. A wise person isn't just someone who hears. A wise person, because the fool hears. The wise person is the one who hears and submits to it, who hears and receives it, who hears and says, you know what, that's good for me. Who hears and applies it to his life. Bow down thine ear and hear the words of the wise and apply thine heart unto my knowledge. For it is a pleasant thing if thou keep them within in thee. They shall with all be fitted in thy lips. Notice this, that thy trust may be in the Lord. Why, why do we teach our children truth? Why, why should we teach our children truth? So that their trust will be in the Lord. So that their trust won't be in an education. So that their trust won't be in money. So that their trust isn't in entertainment. So that their trust isn't in sports. No, no, no. So that their trust is in God. By the way, that's Psalm 78, isn't it? Generational hope. That they might set their hope in God. He says that, that thy trust may be in the Lord. I have made known to thee this day, even to thee. Have not I written to thee excellent things in counsels and knowledge that I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth? God's word is sure. God's word is certain. That I might make thee know the certainty of the words of truth that thou mightest answer the words of truth to them that send unto thee. This is the way. Walk ye in it. That ought to be our heart's cry for every child. Hey, not just our children, not just my three children. That ought to be my heart's cry for every child in this church. That ought to be my heart's cry for every child in this community. 
Is Proverbs 22, 6, is Proverbs 22, verses 17 through 21, that we would give them truth, that we would give them certainty, that they would have a certain way to live, a sure way to live, a sure path to walk upon. This is the way. Walk ye in it. Here's what we're going to see. Number one, and we're going to see this tonight. We're going to see the work commanded. Train up a child. Takes work. The work commanded. Number two, Lord willing, maybe next week we'll see number two, the way charted. Train up a child in the way he should go. The way charted. And then number three, we'll see the walk continued. The walk continued. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. This is the way, walk ye in it. Let's look here at number one tonight. The work commanded, train up a child. The work commanded, three things here very quickly tonight. The work commanded, first of all, I want us to see. By the way, that that phrase, those two words, train up in Proverbs 22, it comes from a Hebrew word, don't miss this, which means to dedicate. means dedication. Train up a child. It speaks of the idea of dedication. So number one tonight, we see the work commanded. The work commanded. Three things about this word dedication. Number one, there must be the dedication of our children. The dedication of our children. And very simply what I mean by that tonight is there must come a moment in our lives as parents and our lives as a church where we acknowledge and humble ourselves and say, these children are God's. And God's just given them to us to steward. They're His. We have, and we haven't had one in a while, but we have dedication services where parents bring their their little ones and, and they do like Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter number 1 and they dedicate their child to God and they say, and by the way, this child isn't saved yet. This child hasn't come to the knowledge of salvation yet, come to the age of accountability yet, but they, they bring those children and, and they want men in the church, they want their pastor to, to pray over their children and they want to say to God, God, whatever you would do with these children, do it. We're giving them to you. They're yours. So number one tonight, there must be the dedication of our children. They are God's. They're not ours. And because of that, we can't train them the way we want to. We train them the way God tells us to. They're not mine to pick and choose how I want to train them. They're God's. And God has laid out very clearly in His Word how He desires for us to train and mold and instruct. And it's all based in His Word. And so first of all tonight, when we see the work commanded, we see first of all the dedication of our children. But number two, and this is where we'll spend a good bit of our time tonight. Number two, not only the dedication of our children, when we say, God, they're yours. But number two, we see the dedication to our children. That's us as adults. That's moms and dads. The dedication to our children. That's work. Train up a child in the way she goes. Have you ever wondered sometimes, have you ever wondered in your heart, maybe you see people, maybe you have family members, I don't know, but maybe just see people out in public and you wonder, why did they have kids? 
because they don't care anything about them. They're constantly dropping them off at, at grandma and grandpa's house. By the way, I'm not saying that's wrong, but, but it's just, it's constant. And you're like, okay, why did you have kids? Did you just have them because you wanted a two or three or four or five to sit there and look good for you? I wonder that sometimes. Why, why, why did you have kids? You, you constantly want someone else to take care of them. Why did you have them? You're, you're constantly... Hey, we're not even going to go there tonight. But they're ours. And we're supposed to be dedicated to them. We, we've been thinking the past few days and just thinking about our kids and specifically one of our children today we were talking about when they were little. And I remember one time after... Uh, after a service, it was a Sunday night, I remember it very vividly. After the service, we, we were talking just like everybody does on a Sunday night. Um, by the way, if, you, if you're the first person squealing tires out of the parking lot after the service is over, you're missing out. And, and we were just, it was a Sunday night, we were fellowshipping and talking, and just like we always do on Sunday night. And my wife and I looked at each other and we were like, where's Josh? And this, this was when he was like two, I think. He was probably about two, maybe, maybe even, you know, 18 months, two years old. I think he was a little bit over two. And, and man, we're just frantic. Where is Josh? Because for, for most of y'all, if y'all remember Josh when he was little, man, if you let his hand go, it was, he was gone. I mean, if there was a little sliver in a door that was open and he could get through it, he was going. Mr. Kevin Daniels always used to say he was going to be a running back because if he saw a hole, he was getting through it. You know, we couldn't find him. And we found him at the top of the baptistry, getting ready to jump in. Now, he didn't know how to swim. Now, let me ask you tonight if he had jumped in and something tragic would have happened, whose fault was that? My fault and my wife's fault. Not anybody else in the church. It's our fault because he's ours. And we're supposed to keep an eye on him. And I was so thankful. He was, matter of fact, he was standing on the second step about in that much water and he was getting ready to. And he would have done it. And we found him, and I'm very thankful for that. I say that very simply, God gave him and the other two to us to steward and to watch after and to care for. I remember when the kids were real little before we ever moved here and, and we lived in Spring Hill and I remember it was Jonathan's birthday. It was probably, probably his fifth or I think it was his sixth or seventh birthday. And we had gone to a bowling alley on a Friday early because when you go early and you homeschool, you can do that. And nobody was there, and it was just to us. And I remember we went bowling, and then afterward, they, you know, they always have that little arcade and went in and let the kids play, and you always get those little tickets. And Jonathan had gone up and was going to get something with his tickets. And it was Jonathan's birthday, and this was before Josh. It was just Jonathan and Paige. And we were all about Jonathan that day. And we turned around. I'm telling you two stories, and you're going to say, Pastor, you're a terrible dad. But we turned, we turned around. Paige is gone. And pages three or four. 
And that was probably the most frantic, panic-filled time that I think I've ever had as a parent because we couldn't find her. We went to the restrooms. The, the both ends of the bowling alley had the um, sliding glass doors. All she had to do was she could have gone right out. And so we ran out into the parking lot. We went to the restrooms. I mean, you know my first thought. Somebody got her. And that's my first thought. Somebody's got her. And boy, we're just, we're frantic. You know what we did? We took our eyes off of her for a moment. We found her. She, she had on that day, she had a little yellow rain jacket on. And there was one of those uh, driving games and it was completely yellow. And she had gotten in that seat and she had just blended in with everything in that game. We had looked there. And she just completely blended in. And as a parent, you know, when we found her, it was like, praise the Lord. But you know whose fault it was that we took our eyes off of her? It was us. It was our fault. And there must be, those are physical examples. But spiritually speaking, we can never, ever, ever take our eyes off the ball spiritually. Our children need to be us to be on spiritual guard all of the time because God has placed them into our stewardship and, and, and for us to protect and for us to mold and train and to rear. Number one, the work commanded. There must be a dedication of our children. We dedicate them to the Lord. But number two, there must be a dedication to our children. That's where the work comes. Let me, get, let me give you some truths here. The dedication to our children. It demands several things. First of all... It, it demands the priority of our time. Brother Caleb read this verse this morning, and I'm going to read it to you. You can turn there if you like, but just for sake of time. In Ephesians chapter number 5, great passage there. Ephesians chapter number 5, let me get there real quickly. The Bible says in verse number 14, it says, Wherefore he saith, Awake thou that sleepest, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light. See then that you walk circumspectly. But that, that's, a, boy, that's a word that, that ought to make us think of caution and very carefully, circumspectly. He says, not as fools, but as wise. And then in verse number 16, redeeming the time. And Brother Caleb mentioned this morning, that, that's the idea of, of not just redeeming seconds of the day, but redeeming a generation. Not just redeeming an hour every day, but no, 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 redeeming a generation. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Wherefore be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Number one, it demands the priority of our time. Our children demand that. And the, the training of our children demands that we give them time. Physically, yes. Playing games with them, yes. But oh, how much spiritually having a family altar with them, hey, bringing them to the house of God, having them faithful in their Sunday school class and having them faithful in the church services and having them faithful in their master club classes. Look, it demands the priority of our time. And I understand all of us tonight, our time is taxed sometimes, isn't it? We're busy. We have all these inventions that are supposed to make our lives easier, but it's just made us busier. And it takes time and, and we just feel like I don't have time. We must 
make our children, especially in the spiritual realm, we must give them the quantity and quality of time that they deserve. It demands the priority of time. Secondly, it demands preparation in the truth. It demands the priority of our time. We're speaking the dedication to our children. We're speaking about the work commanded, train up a child. It demands preparation in the truth. The Bible tells us in 1 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse number 15 that the church, that we are the pillar and the ground of the truth. That's what we are. When our kids come here, I want them to have fun. I want them to enjoy being here. When I was a child, church on Sunday night was one of my most favorite times of the week. It wasn't because of the preaching. I'll just be honest with you. When I was six, seven, eight years old, church on Sunday night, it's the most exciting time. Why? Because after church, mom and dad are going to sit around and talk. And me and my brother and all of our buddies, we're going to go outside and play. We loved church. Listen, I want church to be a place of enjoyment and where our kids love to come. But listen, it's not a place of entertainment where we neglect giving them the truth just so we can entertain them. They need the truth. What's going to stabilize them? What's going to give them a foundation on which they're not going to fall one day? It's truth. It's not entertainment. It's not just having fun all the time. It's not getting to get in the treasure box every week. By the way, some of the kids get in the treasure box tonight after church. But it's not just about that. The most important thing is the truth. 2 Timothy chapter number 3, verse number 15. You know the verses. And that from a child... Thou hast known the Holy Scriptures. Paul, speaking to Timothy, he says, And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is given by inspiration of God and is what? Profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. We say it all the time. Look, our goal is not to raise children who don't embarrass us. The goal is to raise, verse number 17, kids. Kids who are scripturally and spiritually mature. You see that in verse number 17? That word perfect speaks of the idea of maturity. That the man of God may be perfect, truly furnished unto all good works. It demands the priority of time. It demands preparation in the truth. We're not going to go there, but Deuteronomy 6, you know the, you know the passage The Bible tells us there, Moses tells the people of Israel, when were they supposed to talk about God's Word to their children? When? All the time. When you rise up, when you sit down, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, all the time. They were supposed to talk about God's Word. It takes a priority of time, but it takes preparation in the truth. Let me give you a third thing. And by the way, if you're, if you're taking notes, write down John 17, 17. Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy what is truth? Thy word is truth. Number three, number one, it demands the priority of our time. It demands preparation in the truth. But number three, it demands a proven testimony. If you're in Proverbs 22, go over just one chapter. 
It demands the priority of our time. It demands preparation in the truth. But thirdly, it demands a proven testimony. Look at Proverbs 23, in verse number 26. By the way, again, in Deuteronomy 6, in verse number 6, Moses, God, through Moses, what does He tell the nation of Israel? Before you teach your children, before you diligently teach them these statutes and law, where must God's Word be first? In your hearts. Adults. Moses said, adults, before you ever even think about teaching the little ones, you're teaching them diligently. It's got to be in your heart first. Deuteronomy 6.6. 6. And then in Proverbs 23, notice verse 26. My son, give me thine heart. That's a, that's a, good, that's a good phrase, isn't it? That's a good desire, isn't it? Son, give me your heart. Son, in, in, I believe it's in, in chapter 3 or 4 of Proverbs, he says, he says, I teach you good doctrine. Son, give me your heart. But it doesn't end there. And let thine eyes observe my ways. See, it takes a little bit more than just the lips. It takes the life to back up what comes out of our lips. It demands a proven testimony. If we desire for our children not to depart from the right way, then there must be faithful footsteps for them to follow. Obey what I say and observe what I do. Hey son, obey what I say. Give me your heart. But hey son, you know what else? Observe what I do. I, 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 want, I want to show it to you. I want to example it to you. It demands the priority of our time. It demands preparation in the truth. It demands a proven testimony. Number four, it demands a perseverance to train. It demands a perseverance to train in times of peace or in times of persecution. When the truth is accepted or rejected, when we are the majority or the minority, when we are loved or when we are hated, when we feel like a success or like a failure, there must be a perseverance to train in the truth, giving time and having a proven testimony. It demands a perseverance to train. When your kids come to you and say, Dad, but none of my friends live like this. That's tough, isn't it? And let me say, it's even tougher when they come and they say, we're not going there either. It takes a perseverance to train. Let me give you number five. It demands the priority of our time. It demands preparation in the truth. It demands a proven testimony. It, it demands a perseverance to train. Hey, listen, when your kids do come and say that, what's your answer? Here, here's the thing. We, we might say, well, you know, if your friends, if they jumped off a bridge, are you going to do that? You might say that, but even more of what we ought to say is, sweetie, son, I, I understand that. But let's go back and see what the Bible says. And son, your, your, your friends may not do this, but God says that this is where the blessings lie. This is where the blessings are and this is where we're going to stay. And I, I'm, I'm sorry that maybe you, may, maybe you get ridiculed a little bit, maybe you get made fun a little bit, but are we more concerned about being ridiculed by our friends or are we more concerned 
about being well-pleasing to God. By the way, I could ask that to us as adults as well. Are we more concerned about being well-pleasing to God or about being pleasing to our co-workers or our family? Hey, dads, we ought to be more concerned about being well-pleasing to God than giving in to the whims of our family. Because they might not like it for a moment, but they'll be glad later on. It demands a perseverance to train. And then number five, it demands... And I want you to take your Bible... We mentioned her just a moment ago. Would you take your Bible to 1 Samuel chapter 1? 1 Samuel chapter 1, let me give you number 5. It demands, we're talking about the dedication to our children, the work commanded. There's the dedication of our children, they're gods. And because of that, there's a dedication to our children, priority of our time, preparation in the truth, proven testimony, perseverance to train. Then number 3, it demands a prayer that touches. It demands a prayer that touches, that touches heaven. Because here's the thing, we're still flesh and you know what happens sometimes? We fail. And in those times, we have to fall on our face and we have to say, God, please have mercy on my family. God, please help. Father, I failed today. Father, I, I, I wasn't a good example today. God, have mercy. God, help my children still to love your word even though I didn't make it look good today. God, please still help them to stay close to you, even though I wasn't a good example to them today. 1 Samuel chapter 1, look at verses 10 and 11. The Bible says, And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And she vowed a vow and said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man-child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. Did she get that? Did that prayer get answered? Absolutely. Number five, it demands a prayer that touches heaven. Number one, we see the dedication of our children. We're speaking about the work commanded, train up a child. Number two, we see the dedication to our children. Thirdly, and we're done. Hey kids, this is for you. Number three, we see the dedication from our children. Young people, many of you are following along. I, I'm watching you, you're following. But if you haven't been, I want you to follow along right now. Go to Proverbs chapter number 2. Proverbs chapter number 2. And we're done, we're almost done. Proverbs chapter number 2, verse 1. What's the first two words? My son. If thou wilt receive my words. Look at chapter 3, verse 1. What are the first two words? My son, forget not my law. Kids, teenagers, young people tonight, you have a mom and dad, they're not perfect, but they're trying to teach you the Word of God. They're trying to train you up in the way that you should walk. This is the way walking. And if if they're, they're trying and they're striving, by the way, you're here tonight, they're striving, they're trying. Then listen. Listen. My son, receive it. My son. Look, look at chapter 4. Hear. What's the next two words? Ye children. Hear, ye children, the instruction of a father and attend to no understanding. Here it is. I mentioned it just a moment ago. Verse 2. For I give you good doctrine. Forsake ye not my law. Look at chapter number 5. First two words again. My son. 
Attend unto my wisdom. Chapter number 7. My son. My son. Keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live. And my law is the apple of thine eye. Bind them upon thy fingers. Write them upon the table of thine heart. Say unto wisdom, thou art my sister. And call understanding thy kinswoman. That they may keep thee. Now I know specifically what he's talking about here. He's talking about one specific thing. But listen, if we'll heed it, it'll keep us from all of those things. He's talking about the strange woman here, but it's not just limited to the strange woman. He says in verse number 5, that they may keep thee. This is the way. Walk ye in it. Hey, our kids, when they get old enough and they, they go off to college or they do whatever, and maybe they're getting ready to turn to the right or they're getting ready to turn from, to the left. You know what I want, to, I want them to hear in the back of their minds? You know what I want Alex and Jacob and Andrew and William and Benjamin. You, want, you know what I want them and Lydia. You know what I want them to hear and Joshua. You know what I want them to hear in the back of their mind. I want to hear. I want them to hear their pastor. I want them to hear their mom and dad say, "This is the way. Walk ye in it. Don't veer off to the right. Don't veer off to the left. This is the way. Walk ye in it. And if that's going to happen." It takes some work that we have been commanded to do. Train up a child. Number two, it takes a way that we chart for them. We'll see that next week. I think that encompasses all of Proverbs 22. And then number three, if we'll do that, it will result in a walk that is continued. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. This is the way. Walk in. Father, thank you for the time you've given us tonight. Father, help us as adults tonight. Help us as moms and dads. Help us as just teachers and workers and ministers here at Maranatha Baptist Church, Father. Help us to be committed to the work. It's not an option. You've commanded it. You've told us train. Not maybe you, you ought to. No, no, no. Train up a child. Father, may we be busy about doing that. Father, may our Master Club teachers be busy about doing that. Father, may our Sunday school teachers be busy about doing that. May our grandfathers and grandmothers in this church be busy about doing that with their grandchildren. May our moms and dads be busy about doing that with their children. Father, may us as a church, may we be busy about doing that in our community. Help us to train. Help us to be committed to the work that is commanded. Father, help our children tonight and our teenagers to be dedicated to that which they have been taught. May we have dedication from them because we have been dedicated to them. So, Father, I pray that you'd help tonight. Father, we love you. Help in these next few moments. And we pray this in Christ's name. Amen. If you're physically able, I'll ask you to stand to your feet tonight. Heads bowed and eyes closed. Miss Pam's at the piano. How is it tonight? Are you teaching? This is the way walk you in it. Teenagers, are you listening? This is the way, walk in. Are you listening to that? Listen, the altar's open if you need to come. Maybe there's someone here tonight, and I know the message wasn't geared in this manner tonight, but there might be someone here tonight. You've never come to the knowledge of Christ. Jesus Christ loves you. He loves you so much that He died for you. He shed His blood. 
He died. He was buried. He rose three days later victorious over sin, death, and the grave. That's the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ according to the Scriptures. And the Bible says if a person will put his faith and trust in that and that alone and call upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he'll be saved. Have you ever done that? Have you ever with a humble heart and a bowed head simply called upon the name of the Lord Jesus Christ to save you? Nothing added, nothing subtracted. How about it, adults? This is the way. Walking in it. Are we committed to the work that God commands us to do? Never fear, only trust and obey, the song says. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. This is the way. Walk in it. Train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. We're going to talk about the way next week. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I'm going to ask uh, Christian and his dad uh, to come tonight. Are they? They're already there. How did they slip past me? Well, he's already ready. He's going to be jumping in the water. And I, somebody asked me tonight. They said.